0: Wow. Hey, there's somebody waving to us. Hi, look at all those people waving back at you. (laughs) Welcome everyone to the study group. This is the Radiant Joy Brilliant Love Building Love That Lasts Study Group. It's funny because love is already built and it lasts forever. There's this song from Lee Lozowick. The song is called Love Never Dies. And it's it's a song about how when you end up splitting up with someone that you have been hanging out with, where where you try to figure out some reason why it should happen that you're splitting up or how, you know, at some point there was some, some kind of miraculous intimacy or love happening and then it and then it seems like it's over or something but the song is about a guy trying to understand this and he realizing that the love never dies whereas whereas if you go to a divorce lawyer the divorce lawyer is going to try to make you hate each other So that and it takes a long time to try to make two people hate each other, because it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense. And so the divorce lawyer, of course, gets all kinds of money and profit from Trying to have these, you know, have these conflicts about who owns the couch and who owns the record collection and who pays the last month rent and all this kind of stuff. You know what to do with the kids, or something, and it really helps to get through that all that stuff when you get it deep in your bones that the intimacy can come apart, can can disintegrate, or can get can can fall apart. However, the love never dies, and so it's not necessary. To try to hate somebody uh, if the relationship separates out. So, in the song, the way the lo- the lyrics go, it's it's love never dies, and it's a goddamn shame because he said it would it would be easier, you know, if the love died at the same time, but it, it doesn't. So any any check in from this mob of people over there at the Possibilica training space. God, what's going on over there? This is a this is not a study group. This is a party. So any any that group over there is in the same complex of buildings where I am right now. We've just been through a five day 42 person expand the box training. Actually, 44 people expand the box training here in Portugal and maybe some of them would dare to tell you how it was for them or or would make some, any sharing about that. Anybody over there? You're gonna have to get probably closer to the microphone to speak up so we can hear you.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: hello. We can hear you.
2: Anybody
0: wanna share something?
3: yes i have a new story my gremlin is a gremlin it sounds like
0: mark yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> i'm mark thank you, thank you.
4: <sighs>
2: You guys have to learn how to tell legends.
0: Speechless. I get, um, the, I get the idea that you're speechless. Uh, legends, go ahead.
4: To, legends need a while to drop so we can speak about them. Okay, one, one of them is imagine 46 people, 44 people in a line, in a line. Pushing each other's shoulders, screaming what they care about, about what they're angry about, that then got turned into what they care about. And then, out of this uh, being in pairs, about what 20 people um, r- rose up and told their commitment, like things like uh, I'm gonna write the codex for this, for the game world that I'm creating, I'm going to start possibility teams. I'm going to uh, just all these amazing uh, stands that they're taking with the help of the village of the village of 46 mm-hmm. people, and that is the the, uh, the sheer energy of this of this of these processes has been amazing. And I don't know how I'm ever gonna <laughs> enjoy as much like a small small group of people <laughs> again in training. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) This is also a time for anyone else to check in. I mean, we said hello to you, Habet, but it'd be great to hear a little bit about how it's going over there. And Hannah Tindall or Phyllis. What, you know are you are you refusing to mold yourself back into the life you had before you were part of the Colorado River any any reports from anybody
5: yes hello I'm happy to share that I connected with Tessa and Lula I just saw them both right now yay <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I'm very glad about that. And also my um energetic body is growing and uh exercising or experimenting with um Natrament, place in Portugal, like a physical place that's called Natrament, and we are a circle of people, we call ourselves the core team, there's also an the extended team, and we are, um, yeah, we are telling the by principles of the place, the purpose of the place, the purpose of the team, and for me it's a great experience to, to experience clearly how I can connect and reach out even if I'm not there physically and yeah we are building up something there and it's very exciting at the same time there there's a lot of trouble going on in Berlin with my son my teenage son and I'm learning to relax about that and learning to let go of control and wanting to know everything that he's doing and why well, and um, Stepping into, how can I say it's, um, yeah, it's it, it flow, or something like that, uh, to, to trust that he would tell me what's necessary and what, what's going on and what he wants to share with me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Anyone else?
6: I've got a few legends.
0: Jeff, go ahead. We're still in bed
6: because last night we were in a space with the biggest gremlin ever for three hours trying to navigate a separation between the gremlin and his partner of three years. And Mm -hmm. it was the most painful space I've ever been in and I'm happy to have helped a woman just realize what she hasn't been able to see and all of the abuse she's been putting herself through for three fucking years. Wow. And the legend and the beautiful part is that Emma and I held that space and we walked away being really proud of what we did instead of seeing it as a total disaster seeing that it was exactly what needed to happen and an amazing opportunity for us to learn and and learn how to be in space with a gremlin that was so big and so disgusting that we had that we could just watch it happen you know just be there and let it and 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 try somehow to 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 show to, to mirror to be a mirror a clean mirror even with how insane it it all went down.
0: Wow.
6: And and yeah, and there's so much there. Uh, and also on, on Saturday and on Wednesday we held space for a three hour and six hour journey through. The feeling through feelings and responsibility and maps and it, they were so extraordinary and we're going again this weekend for another one so we've got like 10 people that we held space for and yeah it's, it's been absolute magic here in LA County
0: wow you still in Redondo Beach Yes. Wow. Hmm. Well, hey, 10 million possible clients. You might have job security.
6: (laughs) We're not looking for that. We're looking to keep moving. So,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Earth Coincidence Control Office has their buttons. You know, they have these little mechanisms they use to set things up. So, yeah. Can you surrender to that is often the question.
6: Yeah, well the space that was created last night was cuz we went to this con this little concert that was going on that a friend invited us to and I started to speak to this man who I felt I needed to speak to and that led to him inviting us to dinner to try to convince his girlfriend that he was that he was right and that she was a fuck up. And I was and I went because I I knew there was something big there and and we went and and it was yeah, like just such a wow a, a big experience yeah too. thanks
0: for doing that did you hear the thing we said before just before you clicked in you hear that thing about love never dies yeah yep great i was, i didn't know who i was talking to but uh <laughs> now it's clear yeah yeah mr echo are you are you going to say something
7: yeah i uh, won't be able to uh uh, be as as high of service later in the call, so I just wanted to give a little hello. I've been on for a few weeks and um, i I often play a, a transformative role in people's lives so the the, the idea of being the like an, an agent or an emissary of the earth control uh, uh, office seems like something uh, um, I, I don't know I've been primed my whole life for i've been having dreams for dozens of years now about uh this sort of global culture that can exist everywhere that there's a healing space where love as an operating system can exist and thrive and and so sharing the the toolkit of the curriculum of wonder or what it takes to become an arc or an autonomous resilient community and realizing you know which i see so much in this work of really centering up archiarchy is something i'm really i'm fascinated in as a concept i mean the notion of hieros is sacred and the arch is the protector, of course, having something so historically misused, and the notion of really inverting, you know, the pyramids of power and so many of the other things, and yet really returning in a way to uh, a new system that is inherent if we're if we really remember ourselves. Um, so just having a, a group that that helps us remember ourselves and it goes deep is is a real a real joy. And I just want to give a shout out to Stephanie, also uh, helped. Uh, we kind of co-brought each other into this through the um, the Global uh, eco-village Network. Um, I've been. Uh, building and collecting and connecting um, uh, magical sacred sites and, and places where people can practice their own sovereignty and and, and that's been a, an obsession for some time so uh, it was through the eco village network that I came across you know you plant and everybody else uh, you know through proxy and I think Janet I might have known you through new culture and a few other folks I might have seen around but uh, anyway it's a blessing to uh, you know connect the dots and um, be in, be in harmony with y'all so look, looking forward to more coherence and uh, lots to add to a lot of the conversations. I've been involved with a lot of visionary and tech uh, uh, startups and groups, really looking at how we can measure group coherence, how we can reclaim our biometrics and our privacy and our permissioning in really elegant ways so that it can actually be sort of like, I would say I'm a technocrat, but I'm also a Luddite. Like how, how can we reclaim um, you know our choice and really make that the, the governing structure? Anyway, where thanks you, so much for everybody. Where are you calling us. from? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm at a 67 acre uh, nature retreat um, and chocolate factory in, outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I can give you a quick uh, tour to the waterfall anyway. Here's our uh, community building um, here that's gonna Wait, uh, co-working space there. This is, this
0: is good right now. Tell us your name. Tell us your uh, name.
7: Well, uh, my mo- mom called me Devon, which is Irish Gaelic for poet. And uh, I also go by echo, which is uh, home or inhabited. And, or, uh, you know, a way to sort of reconcile being a human in this uh, spirit in this human form.
0: So it's our choice. We can call you Echo or Devin.
7: Preferred gender pronoun is we, um, uh, post binary. And um, let me just give you guys a little view of the spot here.
0: Great. Wow. Thank you. See, North Carolina is not so bad chocolate and beautiful rivers. And some guy named. We.
7: we we go we go by many names. As long as you say it with uh, with heart and sincerity, I'll answer to it.
0: Thanks for checking in. Cool. Anybody else from the so uh, uh, Echo? Just one one thing. I don't know if you can still hear me, but I just wanted to suggest to you that archiarchy is actually not a concept, it's alive and And, uh, there's some people here who are already inhabiting archaearchy. If you're inhabiting archaearchy, will you make some kind of sign? Anybody inhabiting archaearchy? Okay, I see a hand over there. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it's not just a concept anymore. Probably it was 20 years ago, but now it's alive and well on planet Earth. Anybody, Yay. anybody else want to say anything?
8: I'll say I'm glad. Say,
0: uh, Phyllis first and then Stephanie, okay?
9: Uh, last week, so so back from the river, my old life is knocking at my door pretty loudly and I'm Um, resisting jumping in, letting it in slowly, but also um, looking at it differently and trying to transform spaces. Last week I talked about how to handle situations where people become, people speak in the victim person. And um, so working on transforming that with some success, small success and building. So I feel encouraged and uh, yeah, that's it. Just really exploring, continuing to explore what's next. And I, I actually don't really feel like I have, I have not asked for the support that I need right now. to to continue this journey. So that's my next step.
0: Phyllis, would you like to ask for something right now with the team?
9: Okay. Uh, Would anybody like to be a support person for me? Would uh, two people like to be a support for me in the next few weeks?
0: and the Jeff Shubb team down there, and Janet Trevino. OK. Great team.
9: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Great.
6: Thank the you. The Jeff Shubb team is coming, Phyllis. We're coming.
9: Yeah. Jeff, Jeff contacted me last week, and we talked about possibilities of gathering in Eugene.
0: So possibility couch surfing is alive and well.
9: It is. Even though I'm not on the, on not the site. <laughs> would you like? Would I, am, I am available for personal requests.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, and your squirrels, are there, they're available for more company also.
9: Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they're smarter than I am for sure. So anyone who can outsmart my, my squirrels with the bird feed is would be helpful.
10: Great, thank
0: you, Stephanie.
8: Thanks, Um, I wanted to uh, first say thanks to Echo for introducing himself as uh, the person who found my um, uh, pamphlet about my micronation from a few years ago and and clued me into this whole network. So thank you to Echo. And um, when this opened up today with the comment about how the love never dies that definitely is speaking to my moment right now and trying to look at my um, intimacy levels and, and how to uh, move forward in that with my partner. I was particularly proud of um, using a, uh, of doing a lot of uh, the adult communication um, experiments in the last week. And my favorite thing that I said yesterday was when i said something that was um heard in a way that was i guess you could say um uh, irresponsibly decoded and i and it was explained that well a, a lay person would hear it this way and i said well i'm not asking to be heard by a lay person i'm asking to be heard by the the king warrior magician lover and all the qualities that i want to receive from that so i've really I really <laughs> felt good about calling that in. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to ask uh, is, since I see Hans is here, I was really curious if he would be willing to um, say if he uh, spent any time looking into the, um, the question about the uh, fatherhood graduation um, needs, because we spoke about it uh, after the last call.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Stephanie. Can Thank you. can I say one thing before you say that? Great. I'm working on a a couple of sparks. <laughs> and I, I came across this quote from a movie called Almost Famous. And the quote is from a in the character, he's a character in the movie, he's like a DJ. He's an older guy and he's giving coaching to a younger guy and his advice is, he says, the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you are uncool. And that's a, that's a true currency then you know, and so it's straight out of archaearchy, it's straight out of next culture, because, because the radical honesty the unmerciful honesty you know the, the straight stuff like that's value that's value and when you can say that that's currency you know that that makes a difference in the world and you know pretty much everything else is air hot air but that it's one of the currencies of the world is what you can say to what you can really share with somebody when you're uncool, when you're in a liquid state, when you're in the breakdown like that. Yeah. So, and it takes so much courage to do that. It takes so much courage to just let the mask fall off and let the show fall away and let the assumptions and expectations and all that stuff just fall away and just say say what it is, just say what's going on. So thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Honest, anything about your, uh, hold on a second. There, I see Tessa Kata, Tessa Kato. Did you put your hand up? We Honest, I'd like her to speak for a minute first. Go ahead.
11: Hi. Um... Uh, I was just, so I connected with Habit uh, early this week and it was really, really helpful. Um, I feel like I'm, we talked about sadness and kind of, I didn't realize how much I'd been running away from emotions for so long. And I just wanted to put a request out there to see if anybody um, would be open to holding space or doing emotional healing, or even just connecting, because um, I just feel like I'm learning such a great deal from the book and from also people in here, sharing with me, you know, tools that they have.
9: What, what kind of space do you want people to hold?
11: Um, honestly, it's, it's been changing like minute to minute. Um, I'm, I, I just broke up with Lula's father. So I'm going through a lot of transitions of, you know, stepping into my power, establishing boundary. I officially initiated myself into this path of adulthood yesterday. Um, so I don't know if I can tell you exactly what type of space, but if if it resonates with you, yeah.
0: Anybody going for this one? I see, is that looks like Nicole. Nicole's yes. in there. That's great. What, what is your name, Tessa Kato?
11: Uh, my name is Tessa, or Tessa.
0: Tess. Say it again.
11: Or you can call me Tess.
0: Okay. All right, so Nicole and Tess, you got that?
11: Yeah. And, and I also- Habet,
0: and Habet. Yeah. Habet's there.
11: Oh, definitely. Okay, cool. I'll reach out to you both on. I'll connect
0: on the Telegram group. Great,
11: super. Who? Christina
2: Plushens.
0: Christina also okay. Christina Plushens.
2: And Tessa, I have another possibility. Is also to find a possibility team, so not just to have one-on-one, but to actually join a team, and you can find it's. all the teams on the team up calendar and I'll post a link to it in the in the Telegram group.
11: Okay, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I'm gonna be making Jeff's, Jeff and today. Jeff's today. Great. Appreciate that.
0: Super. Hannes, you have a couple of minutes, uh, just a short report of what's going on, anything?
12: Um, Yeah, Uh, thanks, Steph, for um, Mm -hmm. inviting me to, uh, yeah, I heard that you are calling me to commit myself to do the work about uh, celebrating fatherhood.
0: Highness, anything happening yet?
12: Um, it sounds I'm like
0: sorry, not- it sounds like nothing's happening yet.
12: Happened from last week
0: from the father graduation part no no
12: there's there's nothing happened because i was on a weekend uh, Great. yeah and okay. um i just wanted to say i want to commit myself to work on this thing there's, a, the, big difference. Uh, fatherhood there's celebration. a big
0: difference honest there's a big difference between yeah okay. wanting to commit to something and actually committing to something there's a very okay. big difference i know those two. i know
12: so I am willing to, but actually it's not the time now. So if I would commit now, I would, um, yeah, I would not have the time. Uh, that's what I want to say. So. Thank you. Um, um, Thank you. And uh, over the last weekend, it was four days with five different males. And I discovered a lot of gremlin stuff going on. I discovered what non-linear think, uh, linear thinking is doing. And when I interrupt somebody with non-linear thinking, uh, what a difference it makes and what discussions are coming up and how to uh, yeah, try to put the gremlin on the short uh, line and uh, to avoid low drama. Uh, I'm experiencing um, this kind of stuff a lot. And that occupies me at the moment very much. So that's the reason why I decide to stay focused on that things and not to commit myself to another thing I I really much like to do. Good. But I have no time for now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: thanks. I mean... We were just here in the five-day expand the box training, and we mm-hmm. learned that there's a, a universe of difference between trying to put your gremlin on a short leash and putting your gremlin on a short leash. Yeah, very big difference. Mm-hmm. Same thing as wanting to commit and committing.
12: Mm-hmm.
0: So looks like you're facing into reality here.
12: Yeah. Okay,
0: great.
1: This is Janet. Hello, Janet and i commit to being part of the possibility movie making team who <laughs> okay. who wants to make movies
0: <laughs> you, got yeah. three, four, you got four people over there in the possibility group right now so i say to what degree or what what practical thing are you saying
1: so this weekend i i participated in my third um as an actor movie and i was able to this is the first time I, I needed to show fear, um, you know, in front of the camera kind of thing. And it was, I mean, because of the work that we do here, because of expand the box, because of labs, um, when it was like, okay, fear, you know, just to snap, get into your fear. It was, it was such, it was such ease. I had a lot of un unexpressed fear before this weekend. Then I worked on the last lab and it just yeah I could just walk right into it and then turn it off when it needed to turn off so it didn't linger um, and I just thought here I'm doing this movie where I am consumption and I- I'm being consumed by men you know having this experience very much um, gremlin I mean the whole thing is gremlin it's gremlin food I and mean, I acknowledged that I knew what I was getting myself into and I thought I'd like to spend time also with others who want to make nonlinear, um, high drama kind of movies. So yeah, That's we have.
0: There's two or three projects shaping up, and start including one or two minute bits all the way up to bigger projects. So there's a team already there. So just put drop it into the Telegram group, and and uh, something will happen. Thank you. Great. Great. And it's so many of the things that we've been mentioning today already have to do with page 173, section 6R on centering. That's where we're going to pick up today in the book. It's about centering. And I'm I'm just going to read first. We may have started this, but I just want to start over here. It says, we have two kinds of center. We have a physical center, which is our center of balance located directly between our hip bones and halfway back in our body. The location of this center is relatively fixed. It's not gonna change much in your lifetime. However, we also have an energetic center, which starts out about the size of a grapefruit and is mobile. And we've been Western civilization, we've been trained to keep our center of being located in one particular place in our body. And last week we, we figured out this is the mind. This is in our head. We put our center in her head. Ingrid, go ahead. Uh, you have to unmute yourself. Can you unmute yourself, please?
13: When, when you say uh, it starts with a with the size of a grapefruit, what does it mean? About Can you the, say more the, about that? yes and 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 it can become b- bigger or
0: yeah i mean the center doesn't you know our being actually starts out the size of a grapefruit you could say i mean i i think people are born with different sized beings based on whatever you want to call past life stuff that uh, people bring stuff with them from somewhere and so but as a beginning place the being is a you know about that big, and as you build matrix and add distinctions and more consciousness comes on, you actually your being grows. But it just gives you a, a starting idea. So you, does that make does that help? Yeah, and you can scan. You know, once your being gets a little sensitive and bigger, you can scan for the being of another person. And so most of us are doing that already because. So, for example, if you if you're at a party and you want to talk to somebody, you'll probably pick someone whose being is approximately the same size as yours. And then you can have this some kind of a being-to-being conversation. If you're bold, you will scan for people with beings who are bigger than yours and then try to ask vulnerable, dangerous questions and open up for some kind of download or some kind of Uh, food for your being from somebody who has a being that's slightly bigger than yours. It's fun, I find it fun to sit at the beach or sit at the mall or someplace and just watch people go by and scan, scan for beings and try to find somebody who's, you know, with a being bigger than mine. And then I just go, I essentially go in and make an offer a nonlinear offer for some kind of conversation space. And several times it has been turned into nothing. And a couple times it's turned into some really amazing stuff. So I encourage you to try that whenever you can. Yeah, so, so this thing about centering, we were working a lot with that in the expand the box training. And this point is, It's important to learn about your center because in any case, I jumped ahead a little bit, just so you know, in any case where you wish to enliven extraordinary human relationship, you cannot be giving your center away. If you're giving your center away, then you're not there enough to actually connect. And it's so tempting to give the center away. It's tempting because it seems safer. For example, if you put on your show or your mask or you, you be adaptive and you, and you adapt into what you think the person across from you wants to be or do or, or hear from you or see, and you adapt to that, you think that they will like you or, or uh, will, anyway, not attack you. They won't have to attack you because you're you're blending in with the framework that they're setting up so that you can be liked by them but the thing that you're giving them to like back is fake it's an artificial it's an emptiness it's a fake show and so the the way that the, mm, the it doesn't work out good And probably most of us have actually spent years, if not decades, putting on a show that we thought other people would appreciate or like or try to be a good person or a smart person or a perfect person or a beautiful person. And we put on so much makeup. And I don't just mean, you know, eyeshadow and skin cream. I mean makeup like a pretend surface artificial coat over what we really are. And that's giving our center away. And the, the, the opposite of that, I mean, authenticity. The, like I said from this quote, from the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you are uncool. The cool thing is, the, is giving your center away. You're giving your center away to a, a, a generalized concept of what cool is what cool should be, what cool should look like. I want to be cool. I want to have the coolness that will allow me to fit into the group. And the, the, the result is that, that you end up shooting yourself in the foot. You end up destroying your own authenticity to try to you don't create what you what you're trying to create by giving your center way you're creating the opposite of what you might want to want to create. And so we have just no examples. We have no training to find the kind of vulnerability that is so simple. The the kind of vulnerability and authenticity that is not giving your center way. So At first, it seems like it's some kind of a struggle to not give your center away. Like you have to hold on to it, you have to grip it, you have to stop from being hooked, stop having your attention sucked away by advertisements. You know, not be insulted. You know, none of these things that would tend to have our center go away. Not be distracted. Not be attracted. So the thing, the thing, the thing of that's how it is at first but it doesn't take so long of having your center to have it be utter simplicity to not give your center away it's it's something like letting the arrows go by something like that letting letting the wind go by just let the wind go by like there's all this world this whirlwind this hurricane of stuff going on around us that's trying to get our attention because if a, a business can get your attention and then they have your center, and if they have your center, they have your wallet, and you'll buy stuff from them. And there's all this whirlwind, this chaos, trying to get us to give our center way. And if you can, if you can just find the place where the whirlwind happens and you can smile, it's it's like this, this in, insane kind of intense chaos going on around us and you just keep breathing and, and noticing, then then you don't have to struggle. It is not a struggle. You, do, you are the natural first position of a human being is to stand in our own center. And so it only is a struggle because we have so many habits to be adaptive and to be, to survive, but the actual living part of being centered is graceful, it is um, radiant. It's a kind of hmm, profound simplicity of being centered and, and saying what you want, saying what you need, negotiating, making proposals and and collaborating and that thing is so simple uh in reality and yet uh it's such a seems like such a struggle to get there from where we've been you know left out of high school or college uh or job uninitiated we've been left un, un unprepared for being this kind of stillness in the middle of the hurricane jeff so yeah, on Saturday
6: we held this, this uh, training space and what came out and what I realized that I'd never seen before is that the swamp it, from the rapid learning map is really such a center point of all of, of so many other maps and so many other um, of these, um, of these tools like that everybody, uh, I shared it early on and before the check-in and everybody talked about the swamp that they get themselves in. And it's so multifaceted and that's, you know, it's giving your center away is f- I, what what I'm seeing is it's really falling into the swamp in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And yes, it, it was really, it was just very awakening for me to see how they kind of it that map, Tax on to so many of the other maps.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean those voices, you know, all those voices are part of the whirlwind. You know, to take and to take them out of your world with the voice blaster, for example. You know, these all these things. Yeah, thank you. So I'm reading from the book event again. N- Please note that no one can take your center away. So you can't blame anyone else. You cannot blame someone else if your center is gone. You cannot blame someone else for taking your center away. If your center's over there, you put it there. It's that simple there there are people in professions of authority you know in a hierarchical situation for example or the church or in a like in the as a doctor's office or the dentist's office or the plumber or something like that there are people in professions of authority who may have slipped into the habit of providing you with a strong invitation to give them your center and a policeman a boss a condo salesperson, a mother-in-law, a child. So certain people might surround themselves with eggshells or have too much fear of being present to enter spaces without dominating them with their loud commanding voice, with their implied threats or hysterical rants about unsolvable problems. And all of those are ways that you might give your center away. I mean, how many people give your center way to people who surround themselves with eggshells? Anybody do that? You know, it's like, if you do this, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. So that's one way you might give your center way. It's kind of an automatic trigger. Or when you're, uh, when people come in with their loud, commanding voice and implied threats, anybody give your center way to those people? Yeah, you know these loud people. They just come in and then they just, or maybe they have a hysterical rant about unsolvable problems. Anybody give your center way to those people? Could be kids, could be neighbors, could be, yeah, and then you give your center way. So these are excuses. I'm telling you, it's a it's a, a habit. It's a survival strategy for them. They, they would rather smother spaces, they smother the space with normal neurotic babbling and try to force you to abandon your center to them rather than be in simple, authentic exchanges. They would rather avoid the authenticity and keep it under control in a way that they're familiar with. It's the marshmallow zone of their box. And like Jeff was talking about, it's oftentimes the swamp. So people are oftentimes most comfortable in the swamp, or most people are most comfortable in some kind of a hysterical tension or something like that, and that's comfortable, and then you give your center way to that, what's possible? And if you're, if you're trying to be a possibilitator, nothing is possible if you give your center way to that kind of an invitation. So it's a, it, you might indeed give them your center, but no one can take your center away from you. So if no one can take your center away, Why would you give your center away? Basically, the one of the the basic reason we give our center away is to feel safe, to feel comfortable, to make it normal. We've been adaptive for so long that it feels ordinary to be a victim, to be, I don't know, it's like a, I don't know, a, a marionette somebody on pieces of string from somebody else or the situation, to let the situation control how we are being. That's so common for us, let the situation do it. And, and then we feel safe. So we also give our center way to avoid responsibility, to avoid making decisions and facing the consequences of those decisions to protect ourselves from blame if something goes wrong, to avoid the horrible consequences of some kind of confrontation. No, these are all reasons to give our center way to make it safe and calm and you know peaceful and fake.
14: Clinton, can I jump in with an example for that? Go for it. Yeah, I was in this hostel and this guy came up and he had, it was really weird energy. And he started to ask me like, where are you from? Where are you from? And I was eating. So I tried to finish my bite before I answered. And then I tried to answer not in a, you know, not in a normal, modern cultural way. And this guy like felt that he, I don't give him my center. And he, his box freaked out. And this probably psychopathic, like violent guy, you know, starting to yell, go like unconsciously angry cursing and freaking out just because i didn't give him my center and that's why i think we 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 do it a lot we we try to play like normal because it's like survival it's like many times i think psychopaths would actually harm us if we didn't give them our center like throughout history but as like today like except those kind of radical situation it's like usually not the case you just don't give him your center, or stay centered and it's like, and it's over.
0: Yeah, thank you. Hannes?
12: Yeah, you, um, another example just happened right now. Uh, you very much expressed in words what I was trying to express or to say to Stephanie, that I, I feel giving my center away if I commit to the tasks she was requesting. And, um, yeah, I had, it was this feeling of, it was this, this tempering of being needed of, uh, it was really attracting me. And I, I felt like I lost being my sovereign. I don't know how it is in, in English. In, Same. It's yeah. So whenever I feel I'm not my sovereign, uh, sovereign, then um, for me, this is a this, this beep, the this signal for, I'm giving my center away. I do not control how much, uh, what I am willing to do, what I want to do, what, how much power I put some in, in, in a task, uh, how much time I have for myself and so on and so on. Thank you. Um,
0: let me make a distinction here. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between being centered and being in the imaginary fantasy world of being in control. Mm -hmm. And uh, I give the example of surfing, for example. So you, in order to surf, it is absolutely required that you're centered. Does that make sense on a surfboard, on the waves, the waves, everything's moving. You know, you have to have this connection to the middle of the earth. You have to have a horizon to see, you have to be centered. There is no way in hell that you're going to have any control over those waves. You know, these waves do what they want. And it's so often that waves come back off the shore, hit the wave you're surfing on, and shoot to double size in a half a second. And you go flying up in the air. You know, so there's life is like that. So to think, to try to imagine, to, to uh, try to arrange yourself such that you have some imaginary fantasy world experience of being in some kind of control. What, you're, what, what, we're, what we do when we do how many people do that? How many people try to go for control? How many people try that? Yeah. Can anybody say what it's like when you try to go for control? What, is it, what happens? Habit?
5: Yes, that, that's just the shift that I wanted to share in the beginning with my son. When I try to be in control, what I get is this hysterical, like I mix anger and, and, and fear because I, am the, I need the anger to take control and I'm scared of losing it. And then I, I have a pitched voice, like very high pitched voice and yes. I'm giving my sense away to the situation. And uh, that's impo- like, I mean, that, like you said, it's a wave, it's uncontrollable. And that puts me more and more into anger and fear. Yeah. And the shift was when the police was at my door at three o'clock in the morning because of my son. That I've, I've, I just re- remembered that I have tools and that I can be aware and have the bubble and stuff and I have similar experience like door that they got very angry of me not giving my center away and because they are German policemen they are um, trying to be reasonable so they said like aren't you afraid about your son aren't you angry that he's not this and that and that was so interesting to me because they made this checklist that I would do if I go into hysterical and do you allow him to do that? And don't, are, you not, are you not afraid that he's going to be a dealer, or that he's going to end up in there? And we will inform the. How whatever fears I have, they were telling me, and it was like the. How do you say the spell was gone because that's what was I was afraid of, and then I realized okay because they cannot control me; they want to control me, and that now they are angry and scared that I cannot
0: control me so this was yeah what i was just yeah, awesome. thank, thank you somebody else try you you know this effort to be in control what does it actually produce for you what is the, what are the results
2: i notice for me that when i'm in that state my center is actually in my mind and that I have a really high numbness bar and this this analyzing, trying to figure it out and make everything be okay and like make a plan and as also in the future and it cu- I'm cut off from my feelings and from myself and from what I actually want.
11: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and somebody else can, thank you. Yeah, exactly. What else? There's a few more things. Can can a couple people add on? Christina, were you going to say something about this control thing? Uh,
13: Yes. Uh, Yes. Um, When I'm in that state, I'm talking more than I'm actually sensing. Yeah. And in in school, for example, I have fifteen kids, and if I go into control it will not work out so yeah. like I can I'm constantly in I'm constantly in letting go mode actually this guy this guy wanted this this girl wants to do that and it's and I if I don't join them and what they're experiencing and, and go into control and want to put something on them it will never work yeah so that's
0: yeah Christina it's how would you point. say that in a different way like how would you describe what's what you're really doing to life when you tr- do the control thing? How would you say it?
13: Well, I let I I shift my center back from my head to my center, and I I I i I, I breathe out. I go into more into out breath so I can actually feel my center again and what I want to do. And most of the time it's to play with them and then it works. So
0: that's, there you go. If you go for control, you leave play. You leave play behind. If you go for control, you crush play. In aliveness, the life itself is play. Aliveness is play you go for control, you take yourself out of the play. And so when you go for safety, control, you know, not committing, you know, not, you know, you know, withdrawing, holding back, don't want to, I don't want somebody else to tell me what to do. You know, this is this, it's a, it's a, a safety zone. It's almost like you're In a, you know, the game is happening out there in the field and you put yourself out over on the bench and you're sitting on the sidelines in control. And the people out there crashing into each other and falling in the mud, you know, and, you know, winning and losing and all this stuff is happening, but you're, you're in control because you're over there in the sidelines. So there's this, you know, that's the pay that's the price of going for the
10: control thing. I just wanted to talk another about it. thing, Another thing on this for me is when I'm controlling, I'm trying to reproduce experiences or something you know, that's really that's predictable and safe and all this stuff, so aliveness isn't possible, but also possibility isn't possible. Yes. Have an experience of discovery. This- Anything new uh, in in a connection or anywhere? One controls the way I'm interacting.
0: Yes,
10: yes.
13: Mm. And
0: and, w- and, and uh, Devin, go and, ahead. I mean, sorry, Christina, go ahead. And Devin, I'm going to ask you to repeat because you were you were coming in and out. I just want to hear it again. Okay, Christina, go ahead. Yes.
13: And, uh, and it's, it's very lonely, like there's no relationship. Like I'm outside of the game and I'm, I'm basically stuck with my box even more because I don't have like relationship happening.
0: Yeah. Devin, that was you speaking, right? Yes. Yes. Could you, the connection's better now. Could you just basically repeat yourself?
10: yes so it's so it's something like when i'm trying to control particularly an in interaction it's something like trying to recreate an ex- either recreate an experience or manufacture an experience and sometimes there are experiences that i've had that are wonderful in a intimacy exercise before or something like that so it could even be that but it cuts off the possibility of possibility it cuts off the possibility of anything happening other than what I uh, have already just, dis- there's no new terrain basically. I, I can't produce new terrain by gripping tighter is something I noticed.
0: Yeah, so thank you. <sighs> so what I, w- what I was trying to say was being centered is very different, <coughs> very different from trying to stay in control. Being centered is very different from trying to be in control. And uh, like skiing or surfing, You know, skiing down the hill, you are not in control. You are skiing. And and so that's this is what this is what we're talking about. And so centered, you need to be centered to ski. Trying to be in control, you break your leg. You know, you can't you don't get to control that stuff. Jeff.
6: Yeah. I heard Devin say that you know it's it it kills possibility and it kills aliveness and i wonder if there's a distinction between the two and from your experience so maybe you you can yeah
0: yeah sure uh aliveness is whatever aliveness is but the possibility is opens up new new ways for new aliveness so uh, a new possibility so so there's you know there's a there's a, whatever aliveness is happening right now that's aliveness and new possibility is is like a new completely new play space and control would be the opposite of that would be limiting the the occurrence or the arrival of new play space like that
3: yeah mark What I experience when I try and control also is like a slow motion train wreck. (laughs) It feels awful and yes. So I can describe it further, but I mean, it's like, oh, 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 and all I'm doing is pushing whoever I'm trying to connect with and play with away so they never wanna play with me. So it really is destructive when I try and control. Yeah, so maybe this week, you know, for an
0: experiment, it'd be really super to try to locate those places where you might be trying to be in control, staying in control. And, and see and see if you can back off from that, like let it, loosen it up a little bit. And I, I'm not talking about <clears throat> binging out there, letting your grumlin take over or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this fear-based uh, grip on trying to make now the same as now, like the same as it was before. Not letting, not allowing the emergence of a new now by by assuming, expecting, controlling it to stay in the same the same way it is now like it was just before and we have this you know a semi-decent power to do that and it's it's a neurotic behavior it's kind of a it's it's hysterical it's a neurotic it's it's uh it comes out of our imagination that that sort of thing is possible I mean other animals cannot do that other animals do not have this kind of possibility of thinking that what's happening now should be the same as it was before if if you've ever been with uh like a, I I remember walking with a horse down a path in France and I I I have walked up and down this path and for a year and I basically was okay with it, but I know that a tree fell over and we trimmed back the bushes and we filled the road in because it used to have holes in it and we put gravel in it. And every time I walked down this path with the horse, he noticed every single change in it and recreated himself in relationship to the new thing. You know, and most people would drive down the road and go, well, the road, it's a road. I'm driving down the road or walking down the road. It's a road. And, but the horse was in relationship to the whole thing and was, had no, had, he was cautious, he was aware, he was, but he was not expecting the road to be the same as it was before. So there's animals don't do this, but we do. We plaster, it's like a big billboard. We plaster our expectation to how it should be over what it is, and we lose possibility. We, that's where we do it. We cover over the, the new choices that we could make, or the new spaces where we could we could um, uh, bring in other other possibilities than we ever did before, or other people, or inviting other people to do the same. So this control thing, it's part of the initiatory process into adulthood, is to back off from the control because because control is about survival, and relation being centered. And in being in relationship in a small now is aliveness, and and those are very different orientations in the world. So this this week, if you could just start noticing, you know, our, when a man comes up, do you go into this control mode? When a child comes up, do you go into control mode? When a black person comes up, do you go into control mode? You know, what what's the what are the things that throw you into this control thing? Somebody, you know, somebody says. You know, it costs 49 euros. Do you go into control mode and try to get a cheaper price or something? Or what's, what's the control mode about? What triggers your your uh, survival in terms of that? And, and then do this experiment is just to let the whirlwind pass, have your center, let the whirlwind pass around you and move according to your path. Move according to your path without having to try to control everybody else's path. you know, And, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to allow other people around you to do what they need to do. I mean, I was down in the kitchen today and, and uh, Nada was whipping up this massive wok full of vegetables with sauce on it for a lunch, and I needed to go in there. And I needed to make a cheese sandwich. And so So, okay. So there was zero conflict between what Nada was doing. She was this kind of master cook in the kitchen. I was blown away. She and and big flames and stuff smoking away and splattering everywhere and I'm coming in sideways and building at the same stove, this, this cheese sandwich, and it was this dance. It was a wonderful dance. There was zero reactivity. There was zero expectation or assumptions, or you're in my territory, I'm using the stove now, you know, you're making a mess and I just cleaned up the kitchen. There's all these things that could have happened. And it was a, a fine, was a wonderful example of, of, she was not doing the control thing. I was not doing the control thing. Neither one was trying to dominate. It was this flow, it was this dance. And both of us had excellent lunches. So. Somebody had their hand up there, Johannes.
12: Yeah. Um,
0: and then Leslie, and then Stephanie. This
12: control thing, uh, thing. When I was speaking about trying to be a sovereign, you started with that control thing. Is it equal for you or because I'm I, gonna,
0: I- I'm going to avoid that
12: question. Okay. Okay. Um, to start it over. Um, I've never been surfing, but I have been skiing twice in my life. And in um, the second um, time, I was with some colleagues, and I did it all the day without any training before, and I was exhausting myself. And but remembering the skiing downhill and whatever, I pretty much um, feel that uh, yes, I I sh- I. Uh, Um, I must, or I, uh, it was necessary to stay centered. Otherwise I wouldn't go downhills healthy. Um, But there was a certain point where I was exhausted. So I felt exhausted and I said, being centered is really um, taking my energy. So I had to put out myself out of the game to, to yes, not to hurt myself. That was my feeling. And that was what I meant with being my sovereign to say, okay, it's up to me to say, stop. It's enough. Now I'm out of the game and sitting on the sideline and watching all the others having fun. I had my fun and that is okay now. Of course, I cut the relationship to the others having fun because I was sitting aside but there's a certain point where I say I have to stop; otherwise, I break my leg or whatever. It's no more fun. It's no more. I, I'm becoming a victim, or um, uh, and the others might have to care for me because I hurt myself um, severely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great. And yes, what, what is, but there must be a difference between control because I can't control the way I do. The only thing I could, I didn't want to control the hill or the game or all the fun. I just wanted to keep safe and fun. And yes, as soon as I start trying to control it, then I would really hurt myself. And then I would, yeah, that's what I got out of your Sorry about surfing,
0: Mark. I saw your hand. Hannes, the thing is, can you bring the skiing into your life? Because that's that's your that's the invitation.
12: Yes, I try to. I'm just Wait. now, pre- or I I do it. I do it now by preparing my so, uh, my journey Hannes, to. On. Okay.
0: Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Trying to convince us that you do is not mm-hmm. going to make a difference. Okay. Uh, Mark, what were you going to say? And then we go to Le- uh,
3: Leslie. For the example, I broke it down to I predict, I try and create a familiar result. That goes awry because that's not being in the moment. I panic, fear. And then I try harder to create the familiar, safe result. I will experiment with watching for what I'm doing before the connection, what I'm doing during the connection, and allowing myself to stay centered and have other results. Thank you. Observing that desire for control. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that's, this is it, thank you. Great, Leslie.
1: Yeah,
15: um, this, this is a great topic. Um, so I have, um, I'm in a group that meets five days a week. We We work out problems and we talk about things and we plan things and it's all work related and interpersonal and personal. I, I want to bring in my, like, to say that I am, I'm working on my control issues. I don't know how to say it. I mean, this is, this is one thing I want, I'm asking, what is a way to kind of start from the assumption that I already know I'm trying to be in control. I'm already, I open my mouth and it's often something I'm trying to get other people to do differently. So it seems like it might be good to say, okay, I'm gonna say something and it has something to do with everybody changing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like turning myself in at the very beginning. Like, like to say, you know, this is my gremlin or that kind of thing. No, no,
0: no. So, Leslie, if you're going to do that, which I I think is a wonderful strategy or a proposal for experiment, then really turn yourself in from the beginning.
15: Right. Well, what is the what, feeling, looking...
0: what is the feeling you have before the control comes? Uh,
15: fear.
0: Yeah,
15: Usually. that's where,
0: that's what to put. Sometimes on.
15: anger. Yeah.
0: But it's the anger is because it's a reaction to the fear.
15: Right.
0: You're angry right. about it's the fear thing that makes you afraid. So fear is such a treasure as an adult. The low levels of fear, and perhaps that's one thing you're doing, is your numbness bar for fear it could be still up pretty high. And you're it's waiting until the fear finally gets up to 30% or 50% fear, shoots through your numbness bar, and all of a sudden goes from zero to 30% or zero to 50%. And all of a sudden the shock of this fear brings out the, the control reaction and the anger. And if you could lower your numbness bar even further, way down so you can feel the 10% fears, the 3% fears and respond accordingly. Then then you don't have to go way over here you know, to get back to normal. and and way over here to get back to your track. You can feel yourself starting to go off track and you correct, you do course corrections using the wisdom and energy of your 3% level fear way earlier, way earlier. Try to imagine, excuse me, try to imagine a violin player. Somebody who's playing the violin, there are no frets on a violin. Do you know what a fret is? It's the little, tells you your finger, you know, tells you where to put your finger for the right note. Well, there aren't any on a violin, none. So you're playing with this relationship to this sound that you're making. And and if your course correction, if you have to wait till way over here before you correct your finger position, isn't this a Mm -hmm. mess? Well, this is how you're leading your life right now because your numbness bar is so high yes. you cannot hear the moment the tone starts going off so you just lower your numbness bar and the fear comes up and, and then your course current you know there's still of course a violinist is still doing course corrections he is still doing course corrections but at a very fine level of of sensitivity
11: fine.
0: and to us you know an untrained ear it sounds like a pure tone to the violin player, he knows when it's a, a half a cycle, a second off in either direction. And he can feel it with the, you know, the, the whole vibration of the instrument is in tune with that. So this is about staying with low levels of fear for finer course corrections. Then you don't be so far off course where you have this freak out, you know, the panic mode, and then the fear comes up, and then you have the anger and you try to dominate and control things to get it back into okay zone.
15: Yeah, yeah. Mark's example of oh, oh, oh <laughs> it was, it was right on. It was yeah. like you yeah. just so, see it. You see the it going over the bridge. Uh, you know the log going down the river. It's too late. It feels. Yes, yeah, so and it th- is. I guess is what <laughs> we're saying.
0: So how can you lower your unless num- you realize? Oh. Sorry. How can you lower your numbness bar even further? I imagine it's around 30, 40% level. I knew you for some time. You know, we've been talking like this for a while and I've known you for a while. Yeah. Before, you were more tight. You were you were tighter than this. You were more reactive. Yeah. You were more fearful than this. You didn't speak more with reactive. fluidity. Your presence was more rigid. You were, you were controlling yourself more, controlling the space more. And so I think you're way down about 30, 40% right now. How can you do the next experiment to lower your fear a numbness bar the numbness bar even more. How can you do that? You're that. How can you do that? Yeah. The, the thing you're just feeling something right now. How
15: can? <laughs> yeah, just slowing down, breathing, um, noticing this rush of um embarrassment and you know whatever how i look how i'm coming across what do people people are seeing something that in intellectually i think it's great i'm i'm happy to be an example of this thing right now and um emotionally in literally emotionally it's horrible <laughs>
0: so Leslie I I have a suspicion that yeah. some long time ago you've been shocked or surprised from unexpected overreactivity from other people or something it's in your nervous system yeah and I think if you would go through an emotional healing process of facing into the wrongness of that, the inappropriateness of that, because mm-hmm. I think what happened is there's something happened before you went into this shock mode and you made some kind of decision. I will not let this happen again. I right. Right. So. So if you would go through an emotional healing process about whatever that stuff was, and you could essentially recover your 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 essential nature, <clears throat> of essence recovery, it's a kind of essence recovery process from the shock that you that you were given, so that you could set out on a new relationship to uh, fear, so that so that you, I think you're trying to protect yourself from being surprised or shocked yeah and and then so you're armored in a certain way about that yeah and then you don't have this sensitivity the fine-tuned sensitivity that you need to hear the low levels of fear You're aren't because of the armoring so if you would go through that process you could back off with the armoring you you have way more awareness now than you did back then as a child you have far more far more tools awareness power you have a different relationship to the world than you freedom of movement you know choices you can make things you can say you have so many more powers now than you did back then but you're still armored in this protection mode like you were as a child that cuts you off from this fine feeling sensitivity and that might yeah. really make a difference that might yeah. really help you get down to the lower lower your numbness bar So, you can feel this fine, the fine levels of fear coming up, and then navigate just almost fluidly. You navigate fluidly, more with more elegance and and like that.
15: Yeah, that sounds beautiful. And that that does resonate a lot with where I am right now. It's the choice point between um, knowing that it is up to me to take the armor down, like right there and, and continuing to decide not yet, you know, like instead of, well, I mean, I've done, I've done both of course, but seeing myself still go back to the armor.
0: Yeah. So Leslie, if you do this, you would say, could one or two people hold space for me for this emotional healing process?
15: Yeah, could could one or two people hold space for me. I am ready and I want to do this work for emotional healing process for um, understanding more, uh, for, for feeling my fear yeah. and lowering yeah. my numbness bar around fear. Clear.
0: Make it really short and simple, Leslie. Say it again. Yeah. Eight words. Go ahead.
15: Can somebody hold space for me for lowering my numbers, numbness bar around fear?
0: I see an Ingrid and a Phyllis and a Janet and a Tess. What team! Thank you. Super. And Christina. Janet, were you going to say something?
1: And Christina.
0: Oh, Christina. Sorry, I didn't see. Yeah, I've got only... Thanks for saying that. You know, I can only see a certain number of people. So it's great when you, if somebody else puts their hand up. So Christina also said that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, all of you. Stephanie, you're on.
8: Thank you. I've been feeling an impulse uh, to express something for quite a while today that feels very uncool. Um, But since the, the subject is around centering today, and this is this is, I think, like my fifth uh, call that I've been on. I've been having this physical experience throughout the whole call that there's something different about the energy today and that it the whole call feels less centered than the last four or so. So um, I wanted to express that. And I'm curious uh, if anybody else would say that they've been experiencing anything like that. So, um so I see that from a few other people there that it's kind of the same. I do know that there's been a lot going on in the last week that the expand the box training was just happening over there. Um, and a few of the things that I'm observing that I, I feel I could be wrong about, but I'm, I'm getting a sense as Clinton as you're speaking that your, your voice is louder and faster and your physical animation is greater than usual. And I just have this I guess a story perhaps that maybe there's something uncentered going on uh, in the space. And I I guess I just want to ask if you have any ideas about that.
0: Me personally, it might even be more centered now than other times.
8: Wow. Okay, so in, in that case, I don't really know what else to ask or say other than that I've been having this experience, and I see that some other people are too. So I'm not sure what we need. I guess I had a I had a fear that if I didn't uh, say something about it, an opportunity might be lost to connect with something about the topic of centeredness today. So
5: thank, you. That. <laughs> thank you,
0: thank you,
11: Jeff. Go ahead.
6: I wanted to to share that on the topic of skiing down a mountain, when I, you know, I put myself in these workshops and in these expand the boxes and, and I, like, I, I test my center and at the end, yeah, I'm exhausted so that then I can go in the real world and not be exhausted and, you know, train that, 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 uh, that tool and that, and that part of me to, to then be able to be you know, not in control and centered in the world.
0: Thank you. I mean, I've skied some, and I know that skiing used as different muscles than ordinary walking or running. And there's a huge amount of edge work control that you need to have between your foot, your whole body and legs, and the edge of the ski on the snow and the snow changes texture from meter to meter, have it, you know, icy or soft, or, you know, the, the, the snow itself changes texture and the edge work uses completely different muscles than ordinary. I think if you, if you skied uh, every day, basically, and then, then ordinary walking would be exhausting because you're just using a different set of muscles. So that's a thing to take into consideration using the skiing or the surfing uh, metaphor in terms of, of being exhausted. You just use a different set of muscles and stuff. Yeah. Anybody else, anything else right now?
16: Just uh, one thing. One thing I would like to share is what I, what I loved about the Expand the Box was having people on my side practicing that. It was really a reminder, and I could even like, like was reminded by just sensing people who are centered around me. And, and, and also like declaring their grounding chords, and again and again having this reminder of where's my center, where's my grounding cord. Just so grateful for having had this, this constant space of skiing people around me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's to me it's so amazing to see, uh, you know, you eight people there on the Possibilica training space screen, uh, right now in the same room and the same little box, but sitting together in the same room when before now in this is the you know, in your entire lives for the most part, you never were in the same room with each other, but basically met each other here in the study group space. And now there you are, all of them together in the same space. What a what a wild thing, you know, you know, because people in the little box on the yellow thing, we can be in good behavior. You know, we can put on kind of a show on the in the Zoom channel, but you know, you know, you can smell what the farts and you know, look at where people's attention is and where they're who they're looking at and who they're giving their center away because you can't see that all that stuff on the screen and so but it's it's incredible to see. Uh, uh, you try to imagine the shift from zoom space to actual energetic physical space, and that and the magic of that. <laughs>
9: Well, in this conversation, I'm realizing that asking questions to somebody that I don't know that well is controlling the conversation and it's, it's omitting possibilities to emerge. And so um, So I'm going to be exploring that a little more and opening it up. And I think there's fear involved there that I won't know what to say or the conversation might end and yet other things might occur too, so. Phyllis, how, how did you get that?
0: How did you, how did you get that? Where did, how did you get to there? That asking? Questions. <laughs>
9: um, well, I've been thinking about it and I've been wondering why, I, I mean, I'm naturally curious about people. And so I like to ask questions and I learn from it and yet, I realized that people don't ask me that many questions or that it just seems like they're not that interested in me. And so I've been kind of wondering about that and that's kind of a victim place to be. And so, so I just, I don't know, it just came to me because I've been working with it or I think just thinking, letting it filter through my body. It just kind of came to me. Oh yeah, I'm kind of controlling the conversation. I'm really not allowing other things to happen.
0: Can I, I want to ask you a question about that. Yes. Have you asked people why they're not asking questions to you about you?
9: Well, I ask other people, but no, I don't actually ask the person themselves. That is a great idea. Why I didn't think of it. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, I will do that yeah to let, let us asked,
0: go, somebody else is saying something back there uh and chloe you had your hand up
2: i asked someone about that once and he just told me he likes to give others the possibility to show themselves on their own and just uh, unfold on their own and see what comes to him that way and i found it really interesting And we we're doing the boxing being practice in the expand the box. And many people said that their box have exactly the same technique as you, Phyllis. Keep asking question. Keep, you know, the conversation going Manipulate you know, moving the conversation from here to there. And so an experiment then is to do shrink your box, put your box in your hand and, and, and and with the other experiments you do, do this being to being connection when the purpose is to enjoy the connection and not to, you know, where, where were you born? What are you doing? What, how do you enjoy this? What are your hobbies? And like all this thing is, is, is actually not enjoying the being to being, yeah.
9: Yeah, good point. And, and I certainly ask, I mean, I, you know those aren't the questions that I usually ask. But I mean, I usually ask more interesting questions than that. And, and I do enjoy their beings when I hear the answer. And so, uh, and I learn a lot from it. So there's a, you know, I think, I think it's about just backing off some. I, I don't think it's about stopping that. Behavior, I think it's just about allowing other things to emerge and not controlling the conversation with it.
3: Mark? We have a proposal for you.
0: Mark, you make the proposal and then she can decide if she wants it or not, but you don't have to wait until until for her to give you
3: permission to give the proposal. Proposal is the experiment that Anne Chloe mentioned and doing five completion loops. And my second proposal is I'd be happy to do an experiment with you on Zoom later today or tomorrow.
9: Okay.
0: About the five completion loops you mean or something else?
3: Shrink our box to the person to person connection and do five completion loops, yes. There's a way in which asking questions is not listening completion loop you listen and doing five completion loops means you've really gone down. Level after level after level and see what happens. That seems like a great experiment. I'd love to do it with you.
9: Um, Okay, I, yes. I'm processing that. A little bit. So, but yes, I will do it. And, and Chloe, I, I think I have. I think I didn't listen carefully enough to your feedback or you to your experiment. And so I would like to ask a question about it. So shrinking the box and being with their being. Um, So I have this sense that I am what they're being when they're talking about themselves. And so how would that look differently?
2: My proposal would be to investigate about it. Because um, if you if you're not like if you're not shrinking your box or you not being your box, probably your invitation is inviting their box. And then it's a box-to-box, box, which is also people said it. It's pleasant. It's comfortable. It's uh, in control. It's the, the possibilities are pretty much known. Even if you might get new information, it's all, it's all like, it's more intellectual. It's, it stays as, like a safe and that's, it's just a box to box and it's not bad and it can be comfortable. And so to have this distinguish, this distinction between Well, are you enjoying their box or are you enjoying their being? And is it your box that's enjoying their box or is it your being, which would basically be enjoying their being?
9: Thank you, that was really helpful.
0: One of the, Christina, just a second. One One of the considerations that's overall in this entire book and the study group is the possibility of being in an ordinary conversation or an ordinary relationship or being in an extraordinary or archetypal conversation or relationship and the the, the this the tools and skills and maps and stuff is really about giving you choice a different kind of choice but not being a victim of the current conversation. You do not have to simply hope that somebody somewhere will open up an extraordinary archetypal space for intimacy with you that actually you can do that. And and then how much time do you want to spend in ordinary conversation? You know, we get to live so long, we don't know how long that is. How much of that time do you want to spend in the ordinary domains when it's possible for you to do extraordinary and archetypal? And so then you don't have to remain, like I said, a victim of waiting around, but you can actually in half of a sentence shift the entire space into a new world without even asking questions. You don't have to expect that somebody even knows what you're talking about before you enter the new space. So that's that's this background of why we're having these kind of conversations. Just notice what's going on, create something else if you want to. You have the option of that. Christina
13: I just wanted to say that I have the I have the same kind of a box strategy. And for me, what I found out is I want to throw in the, the website of experiential reality again. Because then when I'm like, I noticed that my being wants nourishment in totally different kind of bodies way when I'm connecting being to being. And so I like also an experiment is to let yourself be surprised by what, what other impulses come up that you might share the person and create intimacy maybe in, in other bodies, areas. Um, yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm, I'm back to the book just so you know, I'm on page 175. I know that we sort of skimmed through this last time, and I still, I just wanted to go the next layer deeper in it. It says, but you, you may be longing for extraordinary human relationship or even archetypal relationship. You may be longing for that. You may be hungry for that. You may not have experienced it so much, or you may have experienced it here and there, and you're interested that it it occurs more often. So this means there is no way around learning what you're doing with your center, because extraordinary human relationship only becomes possible when you have your being, your energetic center on your physical center and are centered, because then you have a chance to be you. And, being centered, you can then ground yourself with, with this grounding core to the middle of the earth, and your bubble around you. And uh, as the Tibetan, uh, like as the Tibetan master Chogyam Trungpa said, you are now on the spot. And what he means by that is you are committed. You're at risk. You're participating. You're capable of being present and attentive. This is all the surfing or skiing thing. All of that is required for the surfing and skiing. Present, attentive, committed, participating, and making contact and relating to what's actually happening with you right now by placing your beings, your your energetic center on your physical center You can interact with the exact conditions and situations that are happening in your, in around you more precisely, more precisely. And then that gives you freedom of movement. You have more choice. The entire, yeah. Okay. So anything about that right now? If we ever do have the experience, of being centered. It feels like we are in a completely new world than before. You know, the new world is extraordinary and being centered is a gateway for entering that world. Uh, at the end, it's, I just want to read this part on the end. Keeping your center does not mean being belligerent. or it's like this is the control thing it does not mean being belligerent or stubborn or heavy or inattentive you know just ignoring although it may sometimes appear this way to other people if you're keeping your center and you're not going with where they want you to go it's like the thing Dor said you know this guy comes in wants you to give him your center he doesn't do it the guy freaks out so mm, so keeping your center does not does not mean not getting out of the way or being resistant to or ignoring signs, although it may sometimes involve these things. Keeping your center means that when you respond, you respond by choice rather than out of a survival reactivity like that.
5: Yes, I would like to share the experience I had with my mother. I was sitting with her in the car today and she was um, angry about a situation that happened more than a year ago. And she was very much in that emotion again. And i I realized how I used to just absorb it like as a child and also as myself. And, and I did the same thing like I did with the police. I centered myself, made the bubble and I could be with her and then she calmed down. And I realized that before when I was absorbing it, I I was that projection space. Like I, I could be that space where she could project that feeling on. And it 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 sounds contradictory, but in a way when I was more present, she could release that charge that's much better and everything was okay. And after that, I was okay, she was okay. And that was a very strong experience for me. I had to share it with a friend because I, I, I it was a tiny little change and it changed so much also in me and my mood and my energy. And I can enjoy being with her much more now. I've I I'm not, I, I realized that I was, I used to be scared about being with her and having to absorb her feelings and knowing that I have the tools and I can use them actually. And I don't need to do anything. I, I don't need to heal her or, to, or hold space for her or whatever. It's just about not giving my center away and still being authentic and not, yeah, like you just said, not be stubborn or blocking or resisting something and also, I want to say about this exhaustion. I was in a workshop and I felt it was very exhausting to be in a Zoom call where people are not authentic. Mm. It, 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 it's so exhausting. I, in the beginning, I thought to myself, okay, I would take in and out whatever I want and I'm, I'm gonna be authentic and it doesn't really matter if other people are, but it, it matters. Yeah, thank you.
0: Hey, I bet I just had a short question. When, when you were doing this thing with your mom and she was having this tension and this, this emotions from a year ago, did you also use completion loops?
5: No, I didn't. Oh, ah, okay. I didn't. I, I was sitting in the back. So I was doing things like, ah, and mm, to make her hear that I'm hearing her.
0: You're doing possibility listening,
5: yes, because she was also talking too fast.
14: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, the results sounded like you did completion, <laughs> but possibility listening does a similar thing. So, thank you. I just wanted to know, thank you very much.
2: And, and add something about this choice that you say, I mean somehow when you say it lands on me, God, if I, if I have a choice, like if I make, if I have choice, then I have to think about it. You know, I have to, do I want this or do I want that? And then it's, and it's a thinking process, but really being centered is a choice in five body and it moves way faster than a, the mind choice or an intellectual choice. And I think actually when you make this intellectual choice, we're not centered. Mm. It's like, want, you know, this or that or whatever yeah
0: yeah the centered gives you more freedom of movement more reflexively more more um in a timely fashion it
3: gives more joy in the moment too
0: yeah is very fast yeah extempore, like extemporaneously outside of time like right in the moment right with like dancing dancing with Thank you have Thank you. We have about 10 minutes left. Does anybody have anything else right now. Andrea anything
15: um, I'm just really absorbing what we've been talking about today because um, It really lands for me so I am mostly listening and taking from it as much as I can, and from other people sharing their um, experiences and tools they have when something comes up.
0: Great, thank you.
15: Thank you. Mm
0: -hmm. Sophie, Magdalene, anything?
14: No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Somebody else was putting their hand up.
16: Yeah, Kian. I initiated today to read this part 221 about hierarchy. And we had a small discussion about this. Um, what, what hierarchy is, how we experience hierarchy, and what, what are aspects of Uh, or benefits also of hierarchy and one big thing was to give away this like my center or other people shared also giving away their center to to some person that is higher up to to have something or someone to complain to to play victim of and to maybe take revenge to so i just wanted to also share that and there's still something stuck in me that is like once it's place in hierarchy, but I'm, I'm investigating it more and like I, I will, I will do the experiment of writing about it and exploring more within myself, what my gremlin has, what my gremlin gets out of it. I, I'm so glad that that's happening
0: because so much of our training <clears throat> from school, for example, or even, Having quote unquote parents, you know, parents say, "Do this because I said so, because I'm your dad, because you know, like that." These authorities. Uh, so much of our training up till 18 years old is that the that the most that you can do is be the second man. Is uh, you know the the best you can do is 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 get up to be the 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 teacher's pet called the teacher's pet you know here's the teacher top of the authority the best you can do is help them or be their tool be their little creature their animal you know their assistant and so and so that then we go into our 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 life like that after 18 years old with no initiatory processes no healing processes no transformation and our ability is to play play second fiddle it's called. Is to play the background, to play the support position, and there's there's no you know, we have not had spaceholder training, we have not had radical responsibility training, we have not had uh, creation training, creation training, force training, we have not had those things, and so then we're, we're crippled, we're really crippled compared to what a human being's potential is, and so. And and the way way to proceed is to have, you have to get clarity about what's really going on. And it's painful to notice that stuff, to notice the game of, yeah, well, I'm gonna be the second position and then I can have somebody to blame and get revenge on. And my gremlin will, you know, be fed and that will be my life. You know, I will go through my life playing in the background and then getting revenge or projecting and then attacking or sabotaging or undermining or these kinds of things. And that will be the best that my life can provide because that's, that's all we've been given. And so this is so radical what we're doing and it's also so natural. It's revolutionary and evolutionary and we're designed for this. It isn't something weird, it's so human to be connected to these forces in the universe that allow us to play directly with the universe, play exactly with the whole planet, to play directly there with no intermediary, with no authority figure. So that would be its so fantastic when anyone uh, steps forward and, and, and puts this shit on the table and goes, I've been doing this, and here's my payoff. My gremlin gets this, and I'm done with it. This is over, and and then learning a whole new set of tools and a whole new way of, of relating that where where you don't get your gremlin payoff anymore. It's over. Your gremlin it has a different function. You don't. You do not get to play the low drama and the blame and the resentment and the projection and the expectation and then the re, you know the revenge. You don't get that, and so. That's a sacrifice for your shadow world. You sacrifice your shadow world to play as a source person, to, to function in the world as a human being, and a, a, as an adult, an extraordinary space maker. So, but it, um, I don't know how to, you know, shake things up any more than this to, you know, I can stand up and start shouting, but I don't know. I don't know what else to do except kind of take it apart piece by piece, make little doors open piece by piece and then wait around and see who's going to, who's going to play, who's going to come play out there in the world. I think Gaia is in such pain right now. And so, so sad and angry and wait bored. I think Gaia is bored and being killed off in a way because there's people are so few people are, have cracked the mystery of escaping from the eight prisons, from the patriarchy, from the school, from your parents, you know, from, from all those belief systems and, and churches and politics and, and culture escaping that, you know, uh, but, you know, if I could drop a a certain kind of a nuclear weapon on the world that would um, like, like, destroy only the, the um, this exact thing, Kian, that you just said. You know, this thing of, I'm going to play background. I'm going to, you know, if, if each of us was faced with our fate, you know, I don't know. You, you see these movies sometimes where if there's only one person left in the world, and it's you, okay? Who are you going to blame then? Who, who can you blame if you're the only person, what? the trees what are you going to blame you know the sun i mean there's there's nobody else to blame then what but it's really like that i think it really is like that and it's it's possible i mean there's so i don't know it's fantastic to stand shoulder to shoulder with people who won't automatically stab you in the back any chance they get it's just fantastic because they go no something happens, it's my fault. You know, something happens, I could have handled this something happens, I'm going to renegotiate, something happens, and I'm, I'm not going to get blame somebody, you know, I'm going to go, okay, deep shift, go, let's, let's, let's do a do over. You know, this is a, this is fantastic. I think maybe you've had some experience. If you're lucky, you've had the experience of having somebody at your side like that, or even a team at your side like that. And so this is, I think there's this huge opportunity waiting in front of us, and that's where that's where we're trying to navigate to is help each other bootstrap ourselves with uh, <laughs> where there aren't any of those little handles. You know, boots sometimes have a little hook you can put your finger in and pull the boot on, but you're trying to lift yourself up by the boots, and there's no no handles. So how do you do this? And I think we have to help each other, and I think this is one way we're doing it. Yeah. There was a note here, Kian, about that Spark that you're reading, 121. This is DOR. He's starting a three cell about it. And if anyone else wants to join that Spark experiment, just let uh Door know. So great. Looks like you have some allies. Anything else today before the Radiant joy, brilliant love radio show goes offline for one more week. Stephanie.
8: I just wanna say I'm really glad that I said that thing I did about 40 minutes or so ago. I don't know if the shift was more internal or in the room but that whole physical sense of agitation I had went away. So I'm, I'm very pleased about it.
0: The joys of putting the shit on the table. Okay. We'll see you guys. Have a great time. Go for it. Maximum risk. Cool. Bye.
11: See you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye guys.
0: Bye, Ingrid. Thank Bye. you. See Bye. you us Leslie. Bye-bye.
10: See you guys.
13: Bye.